Welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. I'm your host, Greg Tupper, the other host of this podcast, back by popular demand. The people were, were we, we thought about replacing him and, and the, 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 the uproar was outrageous. So he's back. It's Josie. Hi, Andrew. Well, hello, Greg. And what's the what's the sample size for this uproar? I mean, it's dozens. Oh, oh dozens. dozens. Dozens of people were very upset with the even concept of anyone besides you on the Rylocast. Well, I'm flattered. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's, they had signs and everything. Um, this is the official podcast of Rotary District, uh, Camp Ryla Rotary District 5810. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day uh, with us. Uh, Josie, I have a question before we get into some topics of actual importance. I have an answer. What is something that when you were young, you associated with rich people that now you're just like, oh, that's not, that's not that fancy? Okay. So I actually, this, what I'm going to say, I still think is fancy, but it came up in a conversation with my wife. Mm-hmm. Table side guac. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. I'm going to fight you on this. That is absolutely fancy. That's still for rich people. Right, right. Like it's still fancy, but like when, like on payday, you know, then yeah. it's like, hey, maybe get some table side guac. Table side guac. Um, because I'll tell you, growing up, this was one a big one for me. Um, if you had a refrigerator that just that had like the ice dispenser, mm. you know what I'm talking about? Yep. That's it. The fridge with the ice dispenser. Hold on, Josie. You there? Oh, I lost you. I thought, yeah, no, I I'm lost here. you for a second. So we're gonna have to. Oh my gosh! Hold on. My my AirPods gave out. I had you until fridge. Okay, I got you. What's up? I had you until fridge with an ice dispenser. All right, I'll just I'll start from there. Okay, in three, two. The one for me was that if you had a fridge with an ice dispenser, I thought you're loaded. Like Mm -hmm. you have so much money, Um, and now like we have one. And, and I'm not rich and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, the, the concept of, of that was, uh, was, 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 was huge. The other thing was, um, if you had, um, if you were like, if you were able to like order pizza instead of like making it frozen, Mm. you know what I mean? That was like a, that was a high class move. Mm-hmm. That's a real high class move. And now it's like we order pizza. And again, I'm not rich. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, and maybe maybe the pizza delivery game has just gotten more affordable for the for the everyman. More streamlined. But yeah, it's more streamlined and, and you know the 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 the, the economics of it have, have changed. But I just remember thinking very distinctly that like my friends, like when I would have sleepovers as a kid, we'd toss the totinos in the in the in the oven, and that was mm-hmm. that was big. Um, if you were, um, but if, but when I would go over to like a friend's house and they would be like, Oh, we're going to order pizza from like, you know, Domino's or whatever. I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to hang out with this friend more often. <laughs> this is ride the gravy train. I guess my thing, we, so we did not have cable growing up. Mm. So 
we had the the four, five, eight, eleven, twenty one, twenty seven. Mm-hmm. And whenever I got to babysit the next door neighbor's kids who had an early bedtime of seven o'clock, nice. I had like unlimited Cartoon Network for three oh, hours. Yeah. Now we didn't. Now my wife did not have um, cable, but we did growing mm-hmm. up. And and now it's like almost it's almost like the reverse of like uh, like like cable is on the way out. He said as a cable employee, <laughs> um, cable's on the way out because everyone's cutting the cord. Um, I don't know. It's 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 very interesting like how how those things have changed. But yeah, my my wife was the same way that when she would babysit, she was like, oh my gosh. I can watch Nickelodeon or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, right. that was, those, was, those was big doings. Um, anyway, I don't know why that came up, but it did. This is the Ryla cast, the official podcast of rotary district or Ryla, camp Ryla rotary district 5810. The whole rotary doesn't want us. I have to tell you that much. Um, we have, oh. we have had some reviews. Sorry to cut you off yeah. from Australia and they're listening and they like what they hear. Wait, from Australia? So yeah, I don't don't put this in the uh, in the recording. Oh, it's but, fine. I'll edit this out. This is fine. Okay, perfect. Yeah, a uh, an international Rylarian friend that I met in 2014, um, Rebecca, also known as Beck. She listens. Oh no! And that that's really all I've got. But yeah, but just don't put but, that in. That's like behind the curtain. Like that feels like. Um, oh, I won't. I definitely. I definitely won't put that in. I'll make sure I edit that out. <laughs> Make a note right now, and then, but also, that feels like a lot of pressure. Like now, now if people are actually listening to us overseas, like if if we're just embarrassing America, that's one thing. But anyway, I don't um, going out anywhere. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's get into this. Um, I want to know, Josie, from your perspective, do you think leadership? And the characteristics that we value and appreciate in leadership are the same now that we did then 50 years ago. Like, Mm. has time changed the concept of, like, what is important in leadership? I am going to say yes. I think so, too, because I think we as a society grow and change and, and are, are, are different that mm-hmm. I think there are still core principles of like being ethical and treating people with respect and things like that. Those have been important since the dawn of time. But right. I do think that things have changed and, and as how we judge leaders, I think has changed as well. And so I've got this, this is this article up that I found this article that I found uh, by uh, Wendy Van Earshot. Okie dokie. Um, yeah, I'll call her Wendy. Wendy's got a got an article up here on uh, innovationorigins.com where she asks, what are the 10 leadership characteristics that we'll appreciate in 2030? What are we, what will we value in the future? Because I think that that's, you know, if we can grab onto those types of things now, we can be ahead of the curve. And a lot of them seem pretty straightforward, but there were some that I thought was really interesting about how she thinks that our society is going to change um, in such a way that is going to make the uh, these types of, of, of uh, characteristics important. Uh, so here are the ones. Um, the, we're going to admire people 
who are focused on creating positive impact through their leadership and not just being rich. Um, I think that's interesting that they're, I think that, that especially these days we're hearing about all these um, people who are in charge of CE businesses and CEOs who end up being uh, not great people. Um, right. And, and I think that what she, she says is that we are moving towards a point where we are going to value um we're, we're going to value creating positive impact through their leadership as opposed to just having a bunch of money um, and will hold leaders accountable for their impact on others in the world around them. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, have, con- have continuously supported a lot of notable projects that contribute to a better world. Um, I think that that so, – so more or less like philanthropy, like the idea of doing something that's bigger than yourself. That probably ties into the, to the first part as well. Um, this I thought was interesting. People who are – leaders who are very competent in one specific area. Like I, she, she, she thinks that the idea of being just like this broadly good leader is not going to be as valuable as people who are excellent in one very specific area that if they if they add one if they have one particular market or one particular area or one particular um, customer segment that, that we're going to value them more uh, people who stand out because of their authenticity um, I think that's something that is I think you can see now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's just in the age of, of social media and maybe that's just in the age of feeling more connected than we ever are that feeling like you have a genuine connection to somebody as opposed to something that is just like I think we've gotten better as people at um, identifying lip service you know what I mean right and good I was gonna say I'm, I'm um, on this idea of authenticity do you think in it ties in with this lip service do you think there's sort of this uh, gotcha moment when when someone's trying to be authentic? Um, and I'll tell on myself here a little bit. There is a little part of me that's like, okay, well, wh- what's wrong with that person? You know, what what is that person done wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I've, I'm just interested to hear your thoughts on authenticity in this social media world. Yeah, and I think that that's that's part of it. Is is I think we are. Um... I think that we are people who – I think we want to think the best of people, but I think we're also very quick to like call call each other out. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if uh, with – like the way out of that is just simply being authentic and simply being somebody who is who, – who is, who people look at and they say, I think they're shooting me straight. I think that that's exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. So – that's kind of the way that I, I view it. I don't know if that's what, what you were driving at. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I was driving at. They have connections across all layers of the population and keep those relationships healthy. Um, that's a, I, I've tried to figure this one out uh, for a while. Uh, that, that I think that that is the idea that people who are successful don't – or people who are, who are leaders don't just hang out with other leaders. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. they, they don't necessarily, I think that, I think that what that goes down to is the idea of, of viewing people on the same level as you. And then, and, and the idea that, that we're all in this together, you go back to the servant leadership idea of we're all in this together. We're all in the same, we're all working towards the same goal. I'm not above you. And so when I look at that, what she writes there of, of having connections across all layers of the population, 
that strikes me as we're, we're going to admire leaders who are able to connect with people who are not necessarily in the same tax bracket as them. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, leaders who are warm. That's interesting. Uh, but I think the, I think that goes back to the authenticity idea of like, you want to feel like people actually care about you. Uh, the leaders actually care about you, um, are strong and determined, and at the same time are able to show their human and vulnerable side. I think that is a big one. Hmm. And the one that I kept, the one that that really struck me in reading this one was uh, the idea of 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 yes, you are still a leader. You you still have that kind of strength and determination, but also you are you are a human, and that you right. do struggle, and that you do um um you you do have you know, you are open about how difficult it is to make choices and things like that. Um, I think that's really interesting. Uh, leaders who keep their promise promises. I think that's, that's continued. I don't know if, you know, I think that maybe we'll value it more because maybe we're getting more dishonest, but I think people who keep their promises, uh, people who have a winner's mentality, but not at the expense of other considerations. Um, I go back to, I think there was a time where, where, and and this is still the case in in many spheres, but where it's win at all costs. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think it's interesting the idea that she thinks that it's not going to be win at all costs anymore, but it's ma- matter of like let's win, but we need to consider other things as well. Uh, and finally, last but not least, and I thought this was really interesting, they know how to tell a story. Hmm. Um, they know how to connect with their audience through creating a narrative and i think that that is an interesting way of saying they know how to communicate in a way that is going to be especially effective to get people to buy in on their vision um and and i that goes back to things that we've talked about about how if you want people to follow you if you want to be an effective leader you have to get them all you have to inspire them to want the same things that you want do you know what I mean? To want right. to achieve the same goals and the way, you know, to go in there and say, this is the story. This is why it's important. We need to do this. And this is why I need your help. Um, you know, I think, I think this, this, I think framing the, the goal in a way that is, um, both achievable and personally satisfying for the person involved uh, I think is important. And that goes along with the idea of storytelling. So anyway, that was an article that I found particularly interesting from our friend, Wendy, um, whose last time I won't attempt for a second time on this podcast. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was, um, that was, uh, it's interesting. She, in her intro, she goes, I often go to my sports class with a t-shirt that says, don't make stupid people famous. Um, which <laughs> is interesting. Uh, but I think that, that, that these concepts of things that we will admire in the future, uh, I think are very applicable now. And I think that all of those are pretty, um, pretty, uh, things to, uh, things to aspire to now. We don't have to wait until 2030 and they could put us uh, ahead of the, ahead of the curve. So that was an interesting article that I found. Yeah, that, that, that's really interesting. Thanks. Thanks, man. I went on Google and I found it. Uh, some person we didn't have to go on Google to find uh, is our good friend, Henna Rafiq. We talked with her. Uh, she is our esteemed guest here on the Rallycast. Here's my conversation with Henna Rafiq here on the Rallycast. Our guest today here on the Rallycast, we go live on tape, whatever that means, uh, to... Actually, where are you, Henna? I don't know where you are. 
I'm currently in Dallas, actually, in Irving, oh. in the suburbs. <laughs> I'm local. Okay. Uh, it's our good friend, Henna Rafiq. Hi, Henna. Hi there, Greg. How are you? Nice I'm wonderful. Thanks for spending a little bit of your, your, your very busy day with us. I know <laughs> that uh, you've got a lot going on. Um, uh, I, I want to ask you to, to, to start um, kind of the, the same way we'd start all these interviews, which is to hear a little bit about your Ryla story and, and how you got involved and, and how you stayed involved and, and all that fun stuff. So I'm going to shut up and let you talk. Awesome. Yeah, happy to do it. So I am Henna. I'm from um, the suburbs of Dallas, Irving, Texas. Um, so I went to camp for the first time in 2011. I went to a high school called Ranchio and I sort of got a note from a counselor to apply for this leadership program and I did it and I was shocked that it was free and I have um, immigrant brown parents who wouldn't have paid for me to go to summer camp, but if it was free, they were very open to it. So shout I... out as listen, <laughs> let me tell you as a parent, I got a lot of respect for that. I got a lot Absolutely. of respect for like, oh, it's free. Yeah, go do it, man. Go do it. Absolutely. I mean, like you've got a lot of things that are coming out of your wallet and don't want to add <laughs> another one that is coming from a random part of the world. And so um, got to go to camp in 2011 and it was obviously a great week and it was such a good time and got to go back as an assistant counselor in 2012 and then sort of just stayed involved with, with Ryla um, by going to camp a couple more times on alum staff, going to different stuff throughout the year. And then sort of notably got to go to International Ryla in Sydney, Australia. And I want to say 2014, maybe 2015. I can't remember now. But time has no college, meaning. It's fine. Time has no meaning anymore. But when I was in college, which was the best week, I got to go with Josie. If anyone knows, I've got a lot of good stories on that week. And then I also got to, to do a Rotary scholarship um, and go to grad school in London on, on Rotary's behalf, which was very fun. And um, free as well. So there you go. Um, so I guess, you know, you've got a lot of things going on. I want to get into to, to at least some of them, but, but, you know, you've obviously made staying involved with Ryla at least, at least some kind of priority, you know, or I, I think it would be, it would be easy to be like, that was a fun thing. And, you know, leave it, leave it in your rearview mirror. Why is it important? Why, why do you choose to stay involved with the program? Yeah, absolutely. I think, Number one, I think like Ryla continues to challenge you even after you've left. I think we all talk about how like the week you're a camper is very, very tough. The week you're an assistant counselor also is very, very tough and it's exhausting and like mentally challenging, physically challenging. But I think when you continue to stay involved, it just like pushes you in other ways. And I think my biggest takeaway from Ryla whenever I've always spoken about it is that like you say yes to one thing and that just like leads to other doors. Like when I was 18 years old, I had no expectation that I was going to go to graduate school in London, let alone for free. And like saying yes to going to camp and then saying yes to staying involved on staff allowed me to learn about Ryla. And then honestly, it's like very bizarre because I think there was a year I decided to help out with our North Texas giving campaign, giving day campaign. And so I was responsible for reaching out to Rotary clubs. Because of that, I met a very nice woman out of the Kelton Farmers Branch Rotary Club who was very invested in youth involvement. And then she set me up to get a scholarship to go to grad school. And like, I think it's just like this idea of like, you say yes to something that's really exciting and something that challenges you and something that teaches you something new and you never know when it's where it's going to take you. And for me, it's just yielded in so many cool opportunities and so many fun things to do that there's no reason for me to not stay involved. 
Well, one of those fun things that, you know, I don't know, Rotary was was directly, indirectly, somehow, you know, not related at all, but um, you were a, uh, you, you earned a Fulbright award uh, to go teach English in Kosovo. I did. Um, that's, uh, listen, I mean, some of us, you know, go to like Florida for spring break or something like that. Uh, you decided uh, you, you opted to go and, and, and not opted. You were awarded this, the, the Fulbright award to go over there. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that experience for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I will start by saying Kosovo is better than Florida. Hands down. I know people <laughs> like Florida. What a claim. Like, <laughs> look, wow. I was born in Florida. I was born in Florida, Greg. Like, I can speak to this. I'm a native of the state of Florida. And I will tell you, Kosovo is better. Landlocked, but doesn't even matter because, like, you can get to the water. The coast of Albania, which is a mere, like, six hours away, outstanding. But, yeah, best year of my life, honestly. I um, sort of also stumbled upon on that. Like, I um, went to study abroad when I was in college, did a class trip to Kosovo, and just, like, fell in love with the country. And I just, like, was like, I want to be here after college no matter what. was very lucky to get a Fulbright. Um, and got to teach English. And the coolest thing that I actually got to do was I, I did a mini leadership program similar to what Ryla is for, for students in Kosovo. So I did two programs with high school students, almost 45 students over the course of the year um, and sort of over a longer period of time because wasn't as obviously well-resourced as, as campus, but we got to like do a lot of the fun activities. And these are things like kids there have never done. Like there's no extracurriculars in high schools. Like I even taught part-time at a private school and you didn't have like sports, you didn't have clubs, you didn't have anything. So like for them to be able to do like egg drops and scavenger hunts and all these different things after school was such a cool concept. But um, yeah, it was, it was just like a really fun year. I really loved working with the students and, and doing some of what I'd learned at Ryla, but also just like love traveling Eastern Europe and the Balkans. I would recommend it to anyone. Go, go there, go to Kosovo. I'll, I'll give you all the recommendations. Right. The the uh, if the tagline for this podcast is not first of all Kosovo is better than Florida. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know what you know. Like, what are we even doing here from a marketing perspective? Um, exactly. Okay. So then, like, what are you what are you doing now? Like, what's your what's your deal? Yeah. Good question. <laughs> Thanks. I'm a professional. I'm a capital <laughs> J journalist. Like, I get I, paid I theoretically to ask questions like that. That's good. That's good. I also get paid to tell everyone that Kosovo is better than Florida. So I completely understand where <laughs> you're going. You're, like, you're on like the Kosovo like Florida convention County. and visitors board. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I've, I keep hopping around. So I, it's a tough question when people are like, what are you doing? But currently I'm working for an organization called the Government Performance Lab, which is based out of the Harvard Kennedy School. But we sort of do um, government reform projects since I'm a fellow working on our project in Harris County, which is the Houston area. I haven't moved out to Houston yet, but we'll be moving there in the summer, which I'm really excited about. But basically, our organization supports local and state governments as they do their social service delivery. So whether that's working with like child welfare, like housing, or whatever other sort of social service needs are in the community. So I'm working on a really um, fun and exciting criminal justice reform project in, in the Houston area. And so that's what I've been doing for the last year, working with a bunch of political leaders and agency stakeholders out there. And uh, we'll be doing that for the next year as well. Well, let me, let me ask you a dangerous question then, because you, you, you just said that, you know, you, you're hopping around and obviously we've mentioned at least 140 different countries in this interview already. <laughs> um, 
like what like what do you want to do when you grow up like you know that's it's uh what 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 is it that that's 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 driving you what what is maybe the 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 thing that you'd ultimately like to do yeah good question so i would say i'm supposed to already be grown up um approaching my 27th birthday dangerously but i guess we're not there yet which i appreciate the compliment greg but i actually really really loved working in local and state government, I would like to sort of stay involved. I have done the international thing and while I love living abroad, I am um, very excited to be back in my home state and like sort of doing um, innovation work around like how do we make government just like be better um, and do sort of things that its citizens and community members need. So I sort of envision a world in which I stay in local and state government. I think, um, I don't know exactly what that looks like to be honest, but I'd love to like do work in housing or education or sort of one of these big, large social causes and, and sort of just make things work, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, of course. That, that makes a lot of sense. You, you, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, <clears throat> there's a grassroots effort to it. There's a, there's a, you can make a bigger impact at a smaller level. Smaller makes it sound less important, but like you can make a bigger impact at a smaller level than you, than you can at, at a bigger level. That, that makes a ton of sense to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. So finally, and I did warn you about this question, <clears throat> but uh, we want to give you the floor for up to or more. I, I don't know. We don't really have like, there's no limit on podcasts. You can go as long as you want. If you want. <laughs> but um, I mean, I do need to eat, but the yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, give you the floor. If there's something you want to plug, something you want to promote, something you want to tell people to go check out, it can be something like personal in your own life. Like if you have a website or it can just be like a thing that you like or a thing that you are, that's in your world right now. Yeah. Good question. So I've already made the Kosovo plug. So I'm good there. That would have okay. been my hands down sure. personal plug. Go check the country out. Go check the website out. That, that, not that large. You can do it quickly. But I think the second thing is, Greg and I are talking about this, but um, tonight marks the start of Ramadan, which is a holy month for Muslims. And um, I'm part of the Muslim community. And we will be fasting for the next 30 days from when the, um, before the sun rises until the sun sets, no water, no beverages, no food, no gum, all of those things. It's a really fun and enlightening month. But so if you have any, Muslim pals, mm-hmm. um, check in on them, just say hello, wish them happy Ramadan. Or if you want to learn more, I'd, I'd recommend people to check it out. It's a really fun and exciting month um, and lots of stuff that will be going on. It will obviously continue to be a little bit more different with Corona and, and quarantine still happening, mm-hmm. but um, it's an exciting month nonetheless. And so I'm, I'm really excited. That's top of mind because technically the month starts when the sun sets. So I've got an hour until, until the month begins and um, I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah. Uh, yes. By the way, we're recording this on April 12th. I guess I should probably time check it there so that people understand. Uh, so, so yeah, so you've got an hour um, and you're wasting some yeah. of that, that precious, precious time talking with me. I mean, oh, but I won't start fasting until tomorrow morning. So I've got a little, I got 12 hours. So we're good. Okay. I've definitely, I definitely remember like, like eight, like April being like talking, like some of my Muslim pals over there were like, uh, they're like, yeah, you know, if I just get a little crabby sometimes, I promise it's not you. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's not you. Although to be fair, sometimes it was me. (laughs) Um, she's Henrific. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and, uh, it's great to see you and, and let us know, uh, what country you end up in next and which Eastern European nation, uh, you want to come on and promote next time. 
I will think about it. Yes, I will work on that. Absolutely. Sounds good, Greg. <laughs> And our thanks once again to Henna Rafiq for being our guest here on this, the RylaCast. Another outstanding conversation, but that is no surprise for anybody who has met Henna. So there you go. Uh, And now it's time to bring this thing home. Uh, And here to give us our quote of the week is our good friend, America's sweetheart, Andrew Josiatz. Well, thank you, Greg. And thank you, Henna. Um, Good job. Yeah, thanks for thanking the the guest. Thank you for thanking the guest. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Yeah, well, I'll just... We could be here all day. Um, today's quote comes from Sidney J. Harris, who you may be asking yourself, who is Sidney Harris? And Sidney was an American journalist um, somewhere in the, the 1917 to 1986 era. <laughs> Do you like that? Do you like my, uh, my research? Sometimes. Between the mid nineteen teens and uh, and the day I was born, uh, <laughs> he was he was a writer. Got it. Yes, perfect yes. for the uh, for the Chicago Daily News. Actually, I do know. This is sad, but this is, maybe this is because I'm a I'm a um, I'm a I'm a nerdy journalist. I actually do know Sidney Harris. I do I was his afraid, work. but one I... of the only reasons I know his work is that I know he was on Nixon's em- enemies list. I think that's oh. true. I think I think that was also. In I think he was. I think because he was. He he had a. Um, he was. I think a pretty outspoken critic of of President Nixon, and I think that he was on his enemies list. So anyway, back to presidential history. Look at that presidential history. We're all tying it in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Sidney Harris had a quote about regret, um, and this is a this is a paraphrased quote from Sidney Harris. But um, regret for things we did is tempered by time. But regret for things we did not do is inconsolable, and mm. I like I like that word inconsolable uh, because I do I do think about that. Not that you know I know we uh, we try to live with hashtag no regret, but um, regret is somewhat inevitable. Oh and yeah, regret for things we did, whether it's you know I don't know jump off that rock into the the water below not knowing how deep it is, is one thing, but you know, regret for things you did not do and whether that as a leader is not standing up, you know, for what is right. I know that's kind of a drastic, um, picture to paint, but regret for things we did not do is inconsolable. Now, look, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky said that Michael Scott said that. Michael Scott said that. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's, I think that's true. And I think that, I think that, to, to, to tie that back, especially to a leadership perspective, um, I don't think people are going to harsh judge a leader who tries too hard as harshly as a leader who doesn't try hard enough. Mm. You know, yeah. um, that. Uh, somebody who's somebody who's going out there and they're they and and they they've they have a vision and maybe the vision is misguided but they have a vision and they're going full bore after it i think is going to be like history is going to judge them more kindly than somebody who just kind of says let's see how this thing plays out while i sit on my rear end um i think that's that's interesting about 
about regrets are concerned. Um, I know I regret not being in the same room as you to, to record this podcast. So, you know, it's exactly I, like that. I do as well. And I'll, you know, but, but we're trying to be safe here. Although I think maybe by the next time we record podcasts, we might be fully vaccinated. Mm. So will I go to your house or you come to my house or we meet in the middle? I think we'll probably meet in the middle, which is probably going to be like a spot on I thirty five. That's probably, and we'll just sit in the in the median and uh, and record this podcast and try not to. But it's okay because everybody goes slow because it's I thirty five. That's a traffic right. joke. Um, <laughs> all right, good quote, Josie. Thanks for bringing us home. Thanks, Greg. That's going to do it for us. That is, thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us on this the Rylacast. Uh, if you like this podcast, we sure hope that you will rate and review it and tell a friend. And here are the antiquated way of telling a friend about the Rylacast is Josie. Go ahead and write in to your newspaper under the Dear Abby advice column. Is Dear Abby ask, still going? I don't know. Oh, but, good question. Um, Dear Abby. Here we go. Look. We should ask Dear Abby. We should write Dear Abby letter. Write Dear Abby. Ask if Dear Abby's still a thing. Wow, Dear Abby is still going. She Look published one today. Was it about how to listen to the Rylacast? It was not. It says okay. couple works to overcome revelations of man's affair. So no. <laughs> well, that's my antiquated way is to write into Dear Abby to try to garner interest into listening to the Rylacast. Wow. So it still fits. Oh, now I want to read all about Dear Abby, what kind of opinion she's got. Thanks, Josie. Thanks, Greg. We'll see you next time on the Rylacast. <laughs>